Welcome to the Christchurch London podcast. We have recently moved our Sunday services and midweek connect groups online to help stop the spread of coronavirus. Join us for Church at Home this Sunday by logging on to christchurchlondon.online.church at 10am, 11am, 5pm, 7pm or 8pm for worship, prayer and our weekly sermon. We're now going to hear the talk from this week's Church at Home service. Today's reading is from Luke 22, verses 47 to 53. While he was still speaking, a crowd came up, and the man who was called Judas, one of the twelve, was leading them. He approached Jesus to kiss him, but Jesus asked him, Judas, are you betraying the Son of Man with a kiss? When Jesus' followers saw what was going to happen, they said, Lord, should we strike with our swords? And one of them struck the servant of the high priest, cutting off his right ear. But Jesus answered, No more of this, and he touched the man's ear and healed him. Then Jesus said to the chief priests, the officers of the temple guard, and the elders who had come for him, Am I leading a rebellion that you have come with swords and clubs? Every day I was with you in the temple courts, and you did not lay a hand on me. But this is your hour when darkness reigns. In our sermon series right now, we're looking at the fruit of the Spirit. These are character traits that get work developed in us as God is at work in us. And we're looking at how they're portrayed in the life of Jesus. Now today, I want to look at a character trait that doesn't often get talked about. I don't think I've ever heard anyone say, if there is one character trait that I want to develop in my life, it is this one. And yet, I want to suggest that it's so powerful that it can affect every relationship that we have in a good way. And it's also a really powerful quality for bringing about change, whether it's change in the home, the workplace, or more generally in the city that we live in. And we see this character, and it's the character of gentleness, We see this quality in the reading, in the story that we've heard today. It's a well-known story. It's the night before Jesus is tried and then crucified. He's in Gethsemane. He knows what's going to happen. He's under incredible stress. We're told that he sweats drops of blood. Now, experts tell us that is a very rare thing to happen, but you do it under extreme stress, probably anticipating death. Not only that, but Jesus asks his disciples for help. Now, that doesn't happen very often. But he says to them, will you pray with me this night? And they say, yeah, 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 we'll, we'll pray. It's not long before he finds them fast asleep. So Jesus is probably having the most stressful experience of his life. His friends, who he needs at this minute in time, have backed out on him. And then the leaders, the religious leaders, appear to arrest him. Because it's dark, they can't actually spot him amongst the disciples. So out of the crowd steps Judas. Now, Jesus knows Judas really well. They've spent the last three years together. They've watched miracles happen together. They've spent huge amounts of time, they've slept together in the open air. 
they have um they've probably been on the run from religious authorities at times when they're out the authorities are out to make trouble for them this is a man jesus has invested in he steps out of the crowd and he goes to identify jesus not only does he do it but he does it with the intimate symbol of a kiss imagine how jesus must have felt this is one i've given so much to and i can see him approaching I can feel his breath on my face. Then I feel his lip on my cheek. It was such a famous event that even today when people betray someone else, they get called Judas. Peter is furious. He probably is still feeling stung by the disappointment of having let Jesus down a little earlier. He knows what's happening right now and he grabs his sword and he goes for the person nearest him who happens to be a servant and he lops off his ear. You can see how the whole thing can just blast into trouble at this point in time. And it's Jesus who intervenes. He says no. He picks up the ear and he heals the servant then and there. Jesus shows extraordinary gentleness. And I want to suggest that gentleness is not a sign of weakness. It's actually a sign of strength controlled. For the parent of young children, one of their greatest joys invariably is just getting to walk down the street or in a park hand in hand with your child. I got to do this on uh, three occasions with my three children many years ago. And with each of mine at different times, uh, they turned this holding hands into a game and they started to squeeze my hand. I don't know what it is about little kids, but they want to see if they can hurt their dad by squeezing his hand. And sometimes it wasn't just one hand, they put both of their hands round my hand, squeeze as hard as they could. And of course, a small child doesn't have the power to do that. But how was I to respond? Well, I want to suggest it was with controlled strength otherwise known as gentleness. And I would squeeze their hand enough to let them know that I was strong and I was in control, which is good news if you're a tiny child who knows your father loves them. But I didn't squeeze it enough, of course I didn't, to hurt them. That's gentleness. And I want to suggest that gentleness, allowing God to work that quality in our lives, will do us and those around us a lot of good right now. The, the most obvious place where we need to live gentleness out, of course, is in our households. For those of us that are living with others, uh, we've been living with them for a lot longer than we thought we would be, or a lot more intensely at least. And inevitably, when people are living as close as we have all been with different people for many weeks, then things flare up. I remember years ago, actually, being out in a town centre uh, with Philippa and uh, we were walking along and a guy came up behind me. I didn't know he was there. Uh, later, I realised that he was uh, really intoxicated. Uh, as he came past me, he sort of fell into me and hit my shoulder. And he turned around and he said, don't you dare get in my way. Well, I was taken aback. I didn't hadn't seen him coming so I just turned and instinctively I just said oh oh I'm very sorry and off he went sort of grumbled and, and went and Philippa 
turned to me and she quoted an Old Testament proverb. And she said, a gentle answer turns away wrath. And that unwittingly, in a sense, was exactly what had happened. But I want to suggest that in our households, a gentle answer might be just what's required. It's often like water on fire. It just wipes out the danger of combustion before it actually happens. Are there situations right now for you with those you're closest to where you need to exercise gentleness? But it's not just, of course, gentleness with those that we live with. I want to suggest it's gentleness for the weak. Many of us have children around us. Well, if children need equality, they need controlled strength, they need gentleness. Others of us have got friends who are struggling with mental health issues at the moment. Maybe others who are physically sick. If you're in any of those situations yourself, you know what you could really do with from others. You could do with gentleness. And I want to encourage each of us to be gentle with those that are weak. That's what we see from Jesus in this story. The servant in the sort of hierarchical society that was present in the ancient Near East at this time was nobody. Most people would have ignored him, but Jesus always prioritised the weak. And he stretched out and he was gentle in his response. The weak, whether they're very close to us or whether they're more broadly in this city, deserve our gentleness at this moment in time. And we're also to be gentle with those that are strong. And maybe more surprisingly, the strong seem all-sufficient so often. They can even seem intimidating. But I want to remind us that the strong are humans and all of humanity needs gentleness. Uh, maybe I can illustrate. In the 1980s, the world had had 30 years of the Cold War. This was the standoff between the two superpowers of the day, America, the former Soviet Union, they're both bristling with nuclear weapons. And consequently, there is a genuine danger of uh, global destruction. There's enough weaponry there to wipe out the world a number of times over. And that seemed at times a genuine possibility. So you can imagine the uh, pleasure, excitement even, that people had when the two respective leaders, Ronnie Reagan from the States, Mikhail Gorbachev from Russia, decided to meet together. And there was high hope that this might lead to some form of nuclear disarmament or, or world peace even. Uh, the meeting, reports say, started very badly. Reagan is lecturing Gorbachev on the evils of communism. Gorbachev's returning with the weaknesses and shortcomings of capitalism. It's just getting more and more tense. In the end, Reagan stands up, goes to the other side of the room, turns around and asks all the aides to leave. He says, President Gorbachev and I just want the room. After a bit of further deliberation, they all go. Reagan walks to Gorbachev. He extends his hand to him and he says very gently, he says, my name is Ronnie. Do you mind if I call you Mikhail? And that, they both say, was the start of a friendship. And it was a friendship 
that led to the end of the Cold War and the coming down of the Berlin Wall and all sorts of other changes. And it started because of gentleness extended to someone who seemed very, very strong indeed. And Jesus, faced with this whole crowd of people who'd come to arrest him, could have easily just felt, these guys, they don't need my, my, they don't need my gentleness right now. But actually by stepping in as he did, he stopped all, who knows what other uh, bloodshed on that occasion. His response, whether it was to the weakness of the servant or the strength of the crowd, in both occasions, was gentleness. So the question we're left with here is, well, how do we develop gentleness in our lives? What is the process for that? Well, I want to suggest that it starts by remembering how God treats us. Have you ever confessed your sin to him? told him of your shortcomings well how does he respond well he's not angry and he's not vindictive but he is gentle have you ever told him that you need his healing that you're hurting in some way well if you have what is your experience been of his response i want to suggest that it's one of tenderness one of love one of care and healing it's the same when we just say to him, I'm having a bad day today and I need your help. He's always gentle to us. Now, often in the New Testament, we're told, because God loves you, love others. Well, in the same way, because God has been gentle to us, we can be gentle to others. And the more we experience his gentleness and care towards us, the more equipped and the more natural I think it is to be the same uh, to, be the same to him as well but if my experience of god matters and shapes my gentleness to others i also need to remember simply that others needs matter more than my own uh, we see this in the story we've read in gethsemane uh, jesus has all the reason in the world for saying uh, for saying i've got enough problems of my own and just sort of to shut down and not worry about anyone else at this point in time but no he picks out arguably the most insignificant person in the crowd and is gentle to them. And that was the way, of course, with Jesus. It's one of the reasons that he has caught uh, the focus of the world for generation after generation after generation. Here was a man who always put the needs of others first. And that is a basic prerequisite in a sense. It's a challenge for us if we're to be gentle. If you're to be gentle to those around you, most of the time you've got needs that you want met yourself. And we have to say, I lay them down and I reach out and I'm gentle uh, to someone else as a result. And finally, I want to encourage you that as you're looking to develop gentleness in your own life, that you're patient. Uh, this is called the fruit of the spirit and fruit doesn't grow overnight. And when you mess up and when you miss the moment to be gentle, I want to encourage you to be gentle with yourself as God is with you and to give it another time, to give it another opportunity, to let God continue to work, develop in you, spend time with him, reflect on his love, remind yourself of the importance of others and gentleness will develop in your life as well. I hope this is helpful to you. My encouragement is let's imitate 
him. Let's imitate Jesus. Let's be gentle to those in our household. Let's be gentle to the weak. Let's be gentle to the strong. May your gentleness be evident to all. And as a result, may God be glorified in our lives, around us, and in this city. We hope you enjoyed this talk from the Christchurch London podcast. To hear other talks or find out more about our Sunday services, head to ChristchurchLondon.org.